Hello, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. What's up, Pete? How are you? I'm good. It's been a while. It's been a while, but not for the listener, but, you know, that's the magic of podcasting. Um, (laughs) I have a really important question to start off the the podcast with today. Um, Do you have a toaster or a toaster oven? I have uh, a toaster oven. Okay, okay. Do you... Do you mess with the settings a lot? Like if you're just throwing some toast in there, do you mess with the settings? Um, I've started to because I used to just throw any odd thing in there and just put it on whatever the setting, you know, had previously been set to. The default, yes. Yeah, and sometimes it didn't work out. Um, when you're actually trying to toast a thing and you end up like broiling it, it's not quite the same effect. So that's yeah, the toaster oven is a different beast than the toaster. Okay. Well, uh, it's a it's a maddening thing. Um, I've had family stay uh, not long ago, and they um, fiddle with we. It's just a regular toaster, not a toaster oven. Toaster oven, you got to mess with the settings. I get it. I get it. Had family stay, and they mess with the toaster settings. Yeah, you can't and go it's insane. You, you can't go into another person's house and mess with the settings. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. Uncalled for crazy pete get my mind off this what are we talking about today (laughs) we're gonna talk about something a lot of fun um we're gonna talk about life of agony's album ugly oh is it though okay (laughs) okay um yeah why did we pick this record do you know i have no idea why did we pick this record (laughs) why (laughs) <laughs> well listener request listener request this actually was not a listener request this is a pete hilton exclusive um, dude what yeah what? I, yeah oh check my it God. out suicide prank okay I, I think so yeah i wanted to start the year off uh challenging i guess um <laughs> i uh here's the thing so i realized that there's this whole like subgenre. we'll call it like alt metal slash industrial or something mm, like mm. somewhat new york hardcore adjacent some of it um that like I I know all the band names and mm-hmm. I've never heard any of the bands. So like I've heard Typo Negative, who I think would fall into that category. Yeah, but they that's would, like probably. but that's like pretty much it. Like I'm thinking like Life of Agony, Doggy Dog, Ugly Kid Joe, mm-hmm, KMFDM, mm-hmm. like all this stuff uh, that yeah, yeah, I remember it was in all the skate mags of. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know. It, like like Sessions Magazine was like selling, you know, KMFDM shirts alongside Bad Religion shirts. And I was like, you know, who are these bands? And I just never listened to them. So I thought it would be fun. Okay. Well, KMFDM, <laughs> I think, is a fun one to do at some point. That's full industrial. So, mm-hmm. um, Pete, I'm going to introduce you to a new genre that fits along really nicely for this record. It's called butt rock, um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about it a lot today. And uh, some parallels. I have some thesis statements. Um, so, so we we typically start these episodes by giving some context. Um, since you chose this record, how did you come upon choosing this album? Um, it was between this one and River Runs Red. I mean, I I just read about them briefly, and it seemed like this is the one that people went to. So oh. well from the more underground uh community, it's River Runs Red, and it's not close. Like it's okay. not close. Okay. But this is the follow-up, which sometimes makes it more interesting. Um so it's um it's cool. I, I am <laughs> it's not cool, but it's cool that we're doing it. Um 
but it's yeah if for the uninitiated i guess i would say river river runs red is significantly better than this i would i would give it a higher score than i would um ugly okay but um but i have not <laughs> truly sat with this record um like in the track style where we sit with it we give it the headphones listen the the like repeat listens um but now i have and uh like if it, it, we're way out of season now way way out of season but like this this is like festivus uh for the the late winter early spring or something like that that's that's where i'm at like cuz i got a lot of problems <clears throat> with you people and we're going to talk about it today um <laughs> so it's interesting <sighs> to hear you say though that you think river runs red is like firmly Better than this? Does it I mean that you like River Runs Red? It, I'm not getting the sense. Likes that you're a like fan a really, of... really strong word. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> the song River Runs Red. Yeah. Is pretty good. Um the other best song by Life of Agony is Weeds, which is on the record that comes out after this. I believe it's Soul Searching Sun. Um Weeds is pure <clears throat> like late nineties aggressive guitar radio rock um but it's like catchy and it like it's it's it it hits a spot right um actually you're reminding me too um so i i lied i had heard life of agony and the only mm. place i had heard them was on beavis and butthead for the this time video yes yes um, that, that's probably the other best song on river runs red i like that song mm-hmm. um i won't say i love that song but like I was interested. So so I'll say this. Look, Life of Agony, <clears throat> um, the long and short of their bio, anyone who's listening to this probably knows it better than us, um, True. nascently came from the Brooklyn underground <laughs> music scene, kind of the hardcore world, but also metal and like, you know, basically the the, the deluge of ugly music that came out of Lemoore's in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Um Mina Caputo, who was then known as Keith, uh, formed it in 89. This is the Wikipedia version of this. But um, when they first started, they were on the metal hardcore side pretty firmly. But by the time they get to River Runs Red, you still hear those roots, but they're moving into kind of a unique position. And in the space that you said, that kind of like metal alternative heavy but like it's not especially when you compare it to the time like where metal was going the big metal bands were like going death metal you know yeah like yeah 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 this is a really different direction though than obituary you know and so there's a little bit of pop accessibility vocally it's um it's very unique so that's worth talking about but this is the record like river runs red is the like, Oh, okay. All right. And then ugly was the like, Hey, I would say this is the swing for the fences record. This is the like, Hey, let's, let's try to make this big. Okay. Um, and we can get into, if we think they, uh, they, they connected or, or missed on that swing for sure. Um, so quick question for you. Yes. Since you seem, maybe, you know, maybe you don't, but mm-hmm. they formed in 89, this record or the uh, river runs red, red came out in 1993. Yes. Um, is there demos? Like, yeah. Is yeah, there like a many. life of agony demo? That's like some sick, like New York hardcore adjacent 
vibe or were they always yeah, kind no, of in this, the in demos, this camp? No, no, no. The demos were... I think if you like dig around for like Life of Agony demos, it's it's kind of it's in the vaguely sheer terror world. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> I think that there is a large section of people who have a like deep appreciation for that material, but more, it's like <clears throat> I love River Runs Red, I love this band, and then I also like hardcore. So like. Of course, I like the demos, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's sort of, yeah. There's, there's, there's a few demos. From what I've been told, shout out to, uh, to Tom, my co-host on Axe to Grind. He got to see Life of Agony pretty early and pretty often, being a Brooklyn resident. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, they they were around. They were just a band who was kind of in the ether in Brooklyn and you were seeing and they did, I think they have two tapes actually. Um, and I think the first one is the more like hardcore ish one. So, uh, so yeah. Okay. So cool. anyways, um, and it's, it's still in that metal lean, but you know, there was sure. a flavor of that in New York in the like post eighties, like early nineties world where like the lines of metal and hardcore were super blurred. Um, and that's where you get Biohazard. That's where you get Life of Agony. That's where you get Marauder. That's where you get a lot of those bands who like shaped the sound and bent hardcore in a way to a more metal sound. Though to, to someone with my sensibility, <clears throat> no Life of Agony album is a hardcore record to me. Like they just don't have that sound. They don't have those sonic cues. Um, I will ask you this before we get into the meat. You've now listened to Ugly. Is this in any way, shape, or form a hardcore record? I'm going to say no, but I hear I hear elements. You hear some of the where it comes from. Yeah, you know? yeah. I and can, a, I, I can tell that they came from a certain scene for sure. And I I think that at their peak, they sort of wouldn't. I, I'm not going to speak for, on behalf of any of these folks because I don't know them and I don't know their relationship to it. But like, they may have seen being labeled a hardcore band as reductive, sure. even if they embrace that community, you know, <laughs> and, and like loved where they came from. So, <sighs> um, so this is the second record. Uh, I am very, in a weird way, glad you chose it because it's River Runs Red is a more complicated thing because there are elements I like and then there's elements I don't like. This record doesn't have a ton of elements that uh, I like. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, but it's important to talk about because I think there are people who are really into this record as well. And it made me kind of hit that like, wow, really? Huh. <laughs> um, because, Peter, an interesting fact about me that you may or may not know is that in 1995, when this record came out, I was 13 years old or I was about to turn 13 years old. Yeah. Um, and I listened to like uh, uh, the 95.9 The Rat, okay. which is the local like hard rock. It's not like metal, but it's like the local, you know, hard rock, heavy metal, like grunge station, you know, yep. alternative. <clears throat> um, and they played lots of shit and lots of butt rock. And if you listen late at night when they have the like, you know, deep cuts corner kind of shit, <laughs> you'd hear a lot of this kind of thing. And it made me ask some questions, which 
which uh, I would put out to the audience because I, I think there's a good handful of people who are Life of Agony fans. And maybe this is your first episode of In Search of Tracks and you came because you are a Life of Agony fan. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to us. I uh, hope you check out some of the other episodes. Hope you aren't offended. <laughs> and, and know that, like, hey, we want to hear your opinion on this. Um, this is a this is a butt rock record, Pete. And by what I mean is this has more in common with... This is more of a precursor to Nickelback mm. than it is an ancestor of New York hardcore. Sonically, on this record. You know? So I definitely hear that. I hear the butt rock. I hear what you're talking about. But I also hear a lot of Black Sabbath um, and, you know, a lot of like stoner rock-ish stuff that came as a result of Black Sabbath, really. Um, so I see that too. Um, and I feel like from here, I don't know where they went. I haven't heard any Life of Agony records after this. I imagine they went further down the butt rock kind of category. But... Um, I could also see them becoming more of like a stonery doomer doomy band after this too. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting like combination of different factors here. Yeah. I would say, and it's not like I'm the, the record that came after this isn't something that I've like, yeah, man, this is a record. I rock like 95, nine, the red. Um, yeah. I, but I'll say this. I think what they're doing on this record, they fine tune. And in my opinion, make more interesting on the next record, kind of okay. refine it. I think they were taking <clears throat> swings at stuff on this record, um, and we'll get there, that they don't nail. And at least, you know, if if you want a fun experience, it's listen to this record in full and then listen to the song Weeds off the next record because I think that song actually hits sort of the mark of what they wanted. Like, oh, cool. This is the sound we want. It's... It's alternative, it's vaguely metal, but not fully, and it's totally pop accessible. You could totally see someone who's not into like underground music being able to vibe on it, but it doesn't feel corny and it's it's got a it's got good energy to it overall. So I don't feel that on this record, and I think they kind of overall um man, it just it just doesn't hit to me. Um yeah. I'll also say this. So, so to me, this is a. Um, if you like this record, don't necessarily get mad at me for calling it butt rock. Come more to terms with the fact that maybe you like butt rock, and that's okay. <laughs> like, so, so to explain what I think that means, it's like, what do you get when you take grunge and maybe dirty it up a bit, take out some of the angst, and maybe add in a little more like guitar center. Uh, I'm going to identify a couple riffs as we go through. One is the snarl riff, the snarl riff, where you can picture someone like they have to like snarl up their nose when they're playing it like, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> that evolves. You can get that in punk, hardcore, metal, <clears throat> you know, really aggressive musics of all types, grunge, I'm sure. But what that even even like thrash metal, speed metal what that evolves into is the stank face riff. Oh yeah. Which is where you do that. But you're also like, yeah, like, <laughs> like you're making a weird mouth thing. And, and like, you might see people in the audience, like 
pointing their finger sideways while they're making the same face. And there's not really anything else you can do to that riff. Um, and that's kind of littered all over this record. Uh, and in addition, Butt Rock has lyrical content and song stylings that I base my second thesis on, which is Butt Rock is the 90s equivalent of hair metal of the 80s. Yeah, that sounds right. And for all its warts and for all its fans, because guess what? There's a lot of people who can't get enough of Stained. You know what I mean? And and that that's kind of firmly... Like, what do you... Like, like, so for someone who might be like, oh, that's like new metal. No, new metal's got more like rhythm and bounciness and kind of like erratic shit, maybe even more astringent. Butt rock is like, yeah, you know, you can listen to this with someone who has a tucked in t-shirt into tight wranglers and they might think it's real cool while they got a <laughs> wad of dip in their mouth or a 13 year old teen who doesn't know better and hasn't discovered, you know, more underground music also fucks with this and that's okay. Like that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so- to like butt rock. It's okay to like butt rock. It's a new t-shirt. Uh, I'll be up on my uh, sounds of not the underground.com. <laughs> um, so, so butt rocks, the hair metal of the eighties. There are at least two songs on this record that I think they are channeling the soul of warrant. Um, they Interesting. have more in common with that kind <laughs> of stuff than any of the contemporaries that I think they get lumped in with. And I think if people listen closely, they'll hear those comparisons. Do we, any other big questions before we dive in? So I have one question since you, you know, clearly have very strong opinions on, on all of this and butt rock uh-huh. in general. Um, <laughs> what <laughs> do you, is there a single butt rock band that you like? Oh, I mean, yo, I don't. So in high school, uh, a good friend of mine was a huge Creed fan. Okay. So there's a couple tracks on that first Creed record that I'm not shutting <laughs> off. Um, like I'll say this: the options were Limp Biscuit, Blink 182, then Creed, or like you name it. That like um, whether it's like Seven Mary Three or like uh, it's not Eve Six. Eve Six, yeah. Want to put my tender heart in a blender band? Like <laughs> any of that, and and like. Uh, butt rock and active rock could be kind of paralleled or you could consider group them all largely under the same umbrella i don't like nickelback uh, i like the tender heart in a blender song i like the superman song like um disturbed has a track or two you know what i mean like okay any of that stuff is is like fine and it's really really funny to sing along to yeah so i can get the appeal Am I putting on any of those records? Fucking no. no. Fucking no. Um, but am I also aware there's probably a large swath of people who appreciate it? And also... A lot of people. And also, like, so there's people <laughs> who on a pure baseline just think that's cool. Good music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I think there's actually people who would go, nah, man, you gotta, you gotta hear the riffs. This dude's a ripping guitar player. All right, respect, man. I, I can see that too. Um but yeah, no. Uh, baseline, no, not not my world. But fair enough. That's why I said when I was thirteen. And so when I uh, like think about, it, I'm like, 
is there a reverence for this because of one, these are folks who came from an underground music scene uh, in the hardcore metal world and kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, they didn't make it, but they were making it like they were going for it and really being bold. And that's fucking cool. You know, so credit props, respect that. Then I'm like, but there's a lot of people who are way younger who will ride for this. And I'm like, what do they get out of it? And I think it's a blurred lines. And it's like, well, is this the bridge between things? And and I can see it and I can make some arguments for it. But largely yeah. this record's not for me uh, going in. We will break it down song by song. Pete, before we do, where are you at on this? Do you like butt rock? <laughs> I uh, I don't think I do. But I also, when I really think about it, there's probably, like, I was thinking of like Dr. Feelgood era Motley Crue. Um, which is hair metal. Yep. Technically probably. Right. But like, that's also, they definitely got into like a more butt rock phase. I think later on in Dr. Feelgood. And then like after that, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of honestly, like, and this isn't even a disc because I like the band, but like Monster Magnet, I feel like flirt with a lot of butt rock elements. You're not wrong. Here and, and there. And you, like you made the comparison, <laughs> the stoner rock thing, and I was like, oh, I'm not hearing that. But but what you're saying is actually very true, which is like, hey, there's a lot of stuff in stoner rock that is the tasteful version of butt rock tendencies. Yeah. For you sure. Know? So they're they're pulling from similar wells. It's just one filters their water and the other just takes it straight from the tap, homie. You know? <laughs> so um, I love it. Good way of putting it. <laughs> With uh, that being said, I think we jump into the track by track. Seasons. First song. Yo, so I'm not gonna lie, I don't love this record, but <laughs> we're, we're not gonna belabor it. We're not. Yeah, gonna we're not gonna. We're out. not gonna belabor it. But but the first three songs, I'm in. Um, really, in, including Whoa. seasons. Yeah, for sure. Whoa, like okay. I was, I was actually pretty psyched when I put it on. I was like, all right. Like it was basically more or less what I expected. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. again, I had heard this time, and that was all that I heard. Um, okay, so so then to be really fair and kind here, we really should do River Runs Red because I think there's a chance you'll like it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, or and maybe like it a lot is strong, but I think you'll you might have revisit potential with it um, sure because that's you know it's the uh optimus prime version of this yeah okay fair enough i'm in but yeah i thought this song had like a great groove it was i mean i expected kind of like grungy groove like you know yeah metally whatever yeah. um so it was it it sounds it sounds of a time for sure and <laughs> i i kind of knew that going in um i think the thing with that really sticks out about the band is um, Mina Caputo's vocals, right? I mean, that's like, that really sets them apart, I think, from other bands that were doing similar things. No question. Um, 
there's there's kind of like a hardcore ish breakdown. Um, well, at so, the end. so yeah, there's a break <clears throat> like towards the end, about two thirds of the way through. And it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't go to like, obviously, it doesn't go to like a mosh part or yeah. breakdown, but it, it just doesn't work in the song structure. I think it's it's a lit- little bit um, shoehorned in there. I get why they do. And it's it's one of, it's those things where you can feel some of the songwriting tendencies where it's like, what do we do here? Moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and also I feel and that I, it's a redund- that's a repetition we'll find through these songs. For sure. Yeah, that's something that stuck out to me where you know, a lot of these songs are much longer than I feel like they need to be. Oh, oh, they, yes. They, they, they could have cut, you know, just, just there's a lot of that shoehorning in. Like, I guess we need a fourth part here. And, you know, that just. Well, what are we supposed to do in this song? Well, we're going to have the break, but after the break, we can't end the song. Well, no, of course. So we right. got to put something there. And it's like, no, no, um, actually, you, you, you don't really need to do that break in every song. And especially if you're doing it at the three and a half minute point, we really don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, no. So this song, um, to me, this song, uh, it has it has the riff that become. It's like snarly at this point. It's not to 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 stank face yet. That um, becomes kind of uh, it's the it's the recurring theme on the whole record. You can just hear it throughout throughout. Um, you get that rhythmic kind of vaguely grunge, vaguely metal thing. Um, you could say that a uh, for fans of Alice in Chains sticker would work on the cover for sure, um, especially for the the early. Uh, Mina's vocals are absolutely the signature, and I. It's interesting. I think there is a large segment of people who are either in or out based on the vocals. Yeah, I can see that. I like the vocals. <clears throat> I do. They too. aren't. They aren't. The they aren't keeping me here for substandard everything else. Yeah, but I'm not shutting it off because of the vocals. Even though I'm sure there are people who are, and I'm sure there's people who are along for it just because of the vocal style. So, um, that as I mentioned, I don't think that break worked. And then there's this, as you said, the like fourth part, the the post break. They do this faux grunge kind of like wanking that does not work yeah and this is something we see over and over this is not a short record by any standards um guess the length for uh, five minutes oh on this song it is 541 oh wow the album is 53 minutes long yeah Many of these songs feel like you could trim a solid minute to solid minute and a half off. Easily. Yeah. yeah. So so um anyways. Uh I don't hate this song, but it's not. It's 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 from River Runs Red and the highs of that record, this would not be a keeper for me by any chance. So interesting. I kind of I feel good actually about the fact that I went into this cold and I can't compare it to River Runs Red. No, I, I think you're probably <laughs> in a better space for it. All right. Um next song, I reg- I regret. Good song. I like I like the fast pace. I like how they pick it up. Agree. Uh that was my same comment. Galloping faster beat. Okay. Yeah. Um we're getting that recurring riff. I'm actually into it here. This made me go, "Wait, is this like a gateway song between like post hardcore and then <laughs> butt rock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what we get here is it again drifts for a solid minute too long at the end 
Like it's just drifts away. Yeah, the to outro me. is way too long. But and and so and that's it, pulling me out of the record by this point already. Yeah, sure. I mean, I get that. I think the the fast and slow juxtaposition in this song yep. is a little much. Um, I like the fast. I don't love the slow. Yeah. Um, and the the outro they definitely it just goes on for way too long. Um, but I I did make a point to read some of the lyrics on this record. Yeah. Which I think are interesting and worth. Yeah. They're all good. They're definitely good. I mean, it's really just like heartfelt stuff about like relationships with your father or just like Mm -hmm. feeling like you don't Mm -hmm. belong or whatever it might be. And it's one of those things where like, I do feel like, you know, if you're whatever, 15, 16, 17, I would say 15 to 22 and you picked up this record when it came out, like it might, have hit you at the right time, um, particularly like an emotion, an emotional sense, you know, if you were digging on the mu- music. So like, I get that. I'm sure that there are like lifetime life of agony fans. Yeah, no, um, there definitely are. There's a lot of, there's a lot of 30 year supporters here for sure. Um, yeah. So, so I will say this, I think lyrically, there's a lot of feeling on the outside, not feeling understood, uh, not feeling in tr- control of the situation. And like that speaks to some larger content pieces now with the lens of hindsight that are really fascinating. And I think some of that, it's like, it's not just a recurring thing theme. It's pulsating, you know, like I, you don't understand me. People don't understand me. I feel so alone is you, you can hear those literal words uttered several times throughout this record. And I think that's actually interesting. It's not always the most dynamic but there's a couple real lyrical highlights that, that we'll get to. So I, I agree. I think there's there's a pull in. And I think between that, the personality of Caputo's vocals, they they it all kind of congeals into this really neat thing that, like you said, um, I think if it hits somebody, it could hit and stick with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it also, like just to put it on the, the to flip the, the coin, it could hit someone in the wrong way of like, oh, this there's certainly people who could empathize with this and feel kind of seen and be like, Oh, I'm 15 and don't have any friends. Okay. You know, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the also like, uh, this might not be good for all those introverts to hear because it's, it's really kind of reaffirming some, some yeah. maybe not great tendencies, but sure. that said, um, lost at 22. I really like this song. You you might like butt rock, Pete. I I mean, dude, I don't know. It I, I feel like, like this is the song where the snarl riff turns to a stank face <laughs> riff. <laughs> See, I I get that, but at the same time, I feel like it it. I really like the transition from I regret into this song. Yeah, no, I feel like works. it's it's like this super strong. I like the tambourine in it. Um, there's like a I was good wondering groove on how it. much if you'd p- pick up on the odd percussion. Oh, stuff there's that there's you get so much here. tambo in this record actually, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Uh, I like this song a lot. Um, I I will get to the rest of the songs because after this is where it starts dropping off for okay. me. But I feel like this is like a strong closer to like a pretty solid opening three tracks. So how do you feel about like that stop part guitar stuff they got going on? Because I actually thought that worked well. I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it worked well <clears throat> and just in the context of the whole record. I thought it felt unique. And that was one of my bigger qualms with this record speaking as a whole was there wasn't a ton of variance um, of things that I found 
unique or interesting to listen to outside of vocal stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I mean, percussion, the- I should say the percussion is pretty good, but I almost feel like it's muted in ways like the guitars are really in your face and uh and there's very little variance you just get that riffing a lot and and uh, you know they'll dirge it they'll kind of just kind of go redundant and repetitive but when they did some different things like this song i I actually thought that part really stood out yeah dude and i actually i I listened to this so i listened to it on different sound systems i listened to it in my car and you know then the headphones listen there is like no bass on this record and and there's no there's no there's no kick drum there's like barely any snare it's like all guitar and vocals it's Um, so weird because i think a low end would help this record and i think so too yeah i think on those those kind of quieter parts and like more menacing parts it would really accentuate it absolutely yeah Okay, next song, and this is where for you it, it kind of yeah it starts just starts dropping off. I will say, like I, I put notes down for almost every song. No, I did too. Uh, Other side of the river is the song. The last note I had about it was this song is so weak. <laughs> um, um, so this this is theoretically uh, content wise is a callback to the song "River Runs Red." Okay. Um, but but to me, I also think this song feels like a vocal vehicle. Yeah, uh, there's there's um, a sense that vocally they're trying to do something a little more pop accessible, and I, I don't say that in a derivative way. But like they're trying to do a few vocal things here and there that would make it like like a hook. You it's know, it's like more ballady. Yep. Oh, yeah. yep. And but still have an edge, and I. <laughs> I think it sucks kind of hard <laughs> by the time you hit that middle part. You get to the ch- more like you get a little bit of a chugging guitar, but I'm just like anything from there on. I'm just like, Ugh, it doesn't it doesn't connect. And it really feels like uh, like it just wasn't there for me. Oh, see, I, I, I think I, I, I might disagree. The vocal, the vocals leading it. The one part that I really liked about this song was it's like about three minutes in where Mina's vocals, like, sh- she goes super big. Okay, okay. I, I like when she goes big. Like, I, 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 I like those parts. So that part stuck out to me, but the rest of the song just kind of drags a little bit. Yeah, I think I was speaking more musically. Is okay. that, that, that second part musically just lost me. I just okay. didn't care. Um, okay. Let's pretend. Uh, this is four out of five ears of corny to me. Um, <laughs> like... This is the song where I was like, "Oh, this has more in common with Warrant than, I, I mean, most grunge, certainly most metal that I like. Like, like this has more in common with hair metal, um, in a real way. And to me, I, this was the song that I was like, "Damn, where are you at in life? 
where you're listening to this like seriously. Like this is just weird. <laughs> um, and it, it it's uh, I don't want to be a dick, but it really is like this is not quite every rose has its thorns, but it's not a million miles from there. I didn't feel that strongly about it, but yeah, I mean, um, I I just didn't have much feelings on it. Um, okay. It's it's more melodic than anything they've done so far on the record, which stuck out the to me. And that's about of it. the night, my eyes are closed. My mouth is wide. I guess I, I wasn't reading the lyrics. <laughs> her beautiful hair I could recognize. She looks at me cold. She probably doesn't know who I am. Mommy, it is me. It's Keith. You had me back when. But sometimes I like to pretend that she knows me, that she holds me. Sometimes I like to pretend that she knows me, that she holds me. I guess I can't because she doesn't know who I am. Yo, look, on a true meaning, like... These are deep lyrics that are someone crying out about their family life or, um, you know, uh, emptiness where that should be. Um, but, but it's like in the context of the song, it's so, so ballady, so hair ballady. And it feels like it just doesn't feel in line with it. So, yeah, not, 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 not my favorite song on this record. We'll say fair, that. Fair. Next Let's song. get to the title track, Ugly. Um, this one's all right. I mean, it's it, it just suffers because I feel like they're trying to do too much in one place. Um, there's so many different parts on this song. Um, there's like a fast-paced part. There's like a dirgy stoner rock part. Mm. Um, I like it kind of when they pick up with the faster part. Um, but... Yeah, yeah there's a, a there's a, about like three and a half, <clears throat> three twenty or so. There's this like cool guitar part and a good build up. I, I that that's one of my favorite parts like of the the record probably. Yeah, yo, I, I don't believe you were ever much of a churchgoer, were you, Pete? Uh, not by choice when I was a youth. When but you were young, I, okay. I, I stopped going when I was I don't know ten. Sure. Yeah. I I never went and my parents never forced me, which was pretty nice. Yeah. But like, do you remember, and I don't, it might still be a phenomenon in parts of the world, but like the, the alternative, like rock and roll churches <laughs> that'd be like, where you'd see like, it's a youth pastor and he's got like sunglasses on and slicked back black hair. I play and, in one of those bands actually. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. his shirts like, like two lightning bolts, but it says Jesus rocks, you know, <laughs> like that's what this song sounds like to me <laughs> is like aggressive Jesus metal youth pastor, like music. Um, there's like an oddly triumphant feeling at the beginning. Um, yeah, no, I, there, there's a couple redeeming parts. And, and like, as, as I'll say with certain records of this world, Somebody who's trying to do a heavier metallic or metal band or a stoner band or a hardcore like metal band, they could steal riffs off this record and people might not notice. Oh, or yeah. you could recontextualize <clears throat> them because like, yo, like that, that part we're talking about, this like cool guitar part and build up. Yo, you could lift that right out of this song, build something else around it, and nobody would know the better. So yeah, um, yeah, not I, I surprised that this was the title track, but hey, bless up. Yeah, it didn't stick out to me like that. I was surprised too. Uh, this one drained kind of a change-up track for me. Can't make you feel 
Dude, this is a symptom of the universe cover. Is it? I mean, the riff is the same thing. Yes. <laughs> well, because it's got that back and forth, you yeah, know? Yeah. Right? And you don't get that almost anywhere else. Um, I found this still sort of underwhelming, like I was drifting. Yeah. Despite the fact that, like, you know, Symptoms... Symptom of the Universe is uh, like like kind of a big deal song. I love Symptom of the Universe, but like, but yeah, I mean, this is, I just, I feel like not only did they take the, the actual, or no, they, they took like the main kind of part of it yeah. um, and then kind of built around it, but uh, it's not as good as that song. So this is, let's see, this is the uh, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. This is the seventh track. So you you were partially in first I'm, three tracks. I'm tired at this point. And this point you're you're okay. So that's that's the hard part for a record. Um <clears throat> and that's where it starts to really feel long. Yeah. How would it be? This to me is the other warrant song. Okay. Um, I actually think the lyrics to this one are are really, really well done. Um and I think it's again kind of uh, a poignant um track again and and that felt good and there's this contrast between the lyrical content and quality versus the song and even versus what they were doing vocally which again feels very ballady and it just doesn't click for me at all this one how how would it be yes yes yeah okay i mean i actually i felt differently i so this one's a little bit more melodic it's a little bit more upbeat um and I felt like compared to the other tracks on the record, this actually felt like kind of a breath of fresh air in okay. a way. All right. Um, I wasn't so much paying attention to the lyrics at this point, honestly, but like just the vibe of this one, I felt like the record could have benefited from more tracks like this because Interesting. it gets really, this record starts to feel really samey to me. It gets like really dirgy and like, no, you're not wrong. They like that one riff a lot. Yeah. And like the lyrics are, you know, I I do like a lot of lyrics, but like they, they're very similar, you know, kind of tone throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just kind of, it gets exhausting for me, honestly, just like emotionally and everything else. So, so I thought this was kind of good in the middle of it. Okay. So, you know, what's really interesting. Um, Let's pretend and how would it, how it would be are the two songs that I'm like yo these are like hair metal songs like I said warrant I'm just I, kind of I, I firmly am a hair metal fan so I know maybe you are that's I know you are yeah I think it is but on the note of that these two songs were both written completely music and lyrics by Caputo ah only two songs like that on the record which is interesting <clears throat> uh very interesting actually hmm okay um. Next song, Unstable. Um, lots of Sabbath here too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like how it picks up a little bit in the middle. I like the guitar lead. Um, it doesn't have as much dynamic as the other tracks, and I, yeah. I'm not looking at the song lengths, but I don't feel like it's as long, which is no, maybe this why one, I liked it a little more. This track's 432, but it moves faster. I, I don't disagree okay. with you at all on that. This song is the one where I'm like, okay, like there's elements of, the, of this that parallel uh, other music of the time that I'm into. Uh, you know, yeah. like this song, I could actually go, okay, <clears throat> there's the Black Sabbath influence. There's stuff that feels almost like into another on this track. 
Okay. Um, the post-hardcore band, we did their record not long ago. <clears> and like, that's a record I'm a huge fan of. One of their records not long ago. But they kind of always take it and go the different direction than I would want. But I don't dislike the song. Um, I, I like the chugging guitar on this one. Uh, again, I like the specificity of the lyrical content. Uh, this is the best um, song lyrically to me. Uh, it's, I think it's telling the story of um, a parent in the hospital um, and like the, the uh, person in the, yeah, uh, ca- this cancer is killing me as much as it's killing you. Um, talking about being in a waiting room while you have a, someone in the other room uh, uh, dealing with their sickness. And right. it's, I, I actually thought that that lyrical specificity was one of the highlights of the whole record. I, I really like the song. Okay. Uh, let me say this. I didn't really like the song. I really liked <laughs> yeah. the lyrics of the song. I thought the song was all right. Fair enough. Damned if I do. riff yeah um, this is full-on yep. butt rock groove metal vibe want my want my hot take then this Go maybe on. is their best track wow on, on here not their best song not close uh i think this, the chorus is pretty catchy um chorus is catchy yeah this one <clears throat> unlike a lot of the others i like the guitar wanking because it just feels more unique and kind of in the same way as i said on um on uh, is it unlost um, at twenty two? The uniqueness of the the kind of like what they do in the last section of the song pulled me in. So I, I was this is probably my favorite song on the record. All right, I did not feel that strongly about it. I'm going to cut it. No problem. Although it is catchy, this is the one song that I actually yeah. had stuck in my head. Yeah, that, what I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough. Um, fears. Uh, cut it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just fine lyrically. Fine. Lyrically, and at this point, I'm tired. Yep, lyrically, <laughs> this is the thesis statement for the record overall. The I'm alone, nobody understands me stuff. That's this, this, that's this song. And I, I want to be honest. I'm looking through now, and I hadn't done it when we were recording when we were talking about the stuff before. Um, lyric credit for Unstable goes to Robert. Um, uh, so, which is Alan Robert, the bass guitarist. Um, there's a there's a really interesting mix because sometimes I think they nail it and sometimes I think they miss the mark. This one I think is just okay. They have the right themes, but it's just too square peg square hole. Doesn't yeah. doesn't hit me in any way. Um, all right, and the, real quick, uh, yes, I have a question for you. 
Yes. When you have a 47-minute album, why do you... <laughs> why does a group of people get together and say, hey, you know what we need to add to this? A six-minute Simple Minds cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's do the... Should we do the radio edit four minute and 20 second version of this? No, no. <laughs> Let's do close to the six minute and 32 um, extended version. Let's do it six minutes and 11 seconds. Um, my, my print this on the headstone of this record. Bad cover of a great song. <laughs> Best song on the record easily. <laughs> and it's a bad version of it. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Yeah, I mean... Cut this. Get rid of it. Not a fan. Sorry. (laughs) So you're saying... Great song, though, in general. Great song in general. I love this song. It's They try to do something different with it, which I appreciate in one sense. But I almost feel like it's like, hey, look, your sound overall is different enough that trying to do a somewhat faithful version of this cover would sound cool. Yeah. You know? yeah, like yeah. When yeah. they do the choruses and it's more faithful, it sounds good. When they do the verses and try to do the like soft and ominous yeah. version it of it, does this, not work. It does not work. It does no, not work at all. But I actually, I hats off for trying because I actually think it's really cool when bands cover songs and try to do a completely revamped version of it. Yeah. But I like, don't, but, I but don't so, sometimes that. when you do that, you fall on your face. And I feel like they fell on their face here. Yep. Yo, that's a big swing. You're totally right. Okay. So, um, that's where we're at on ugly. Um, let's let's kind of go through. Is it the too long? Yep. Yep. But here's the question. I don't know if it drags as much as it just like meanders and bores me in certain parts. Yeah, you I just know get I mean? tired, man. Like yeah. like exhausting sounds harsh, but like I really it's it's like kind of an exhausting album for me. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, sorry, I just lost my track. Um, the album flow. Do you does feel it feel, like it? Does yeah. it flow? Um, yeah. You know what? It. Do I think it flows? Maybe not. Does it feel disjointed? No. Does it feel cohesive? Yeah. Uh, until you get to the cover, which just is is cut that. Yeah, but the cover I, feels really like out of it's, nowhere. It's taped on. It's like, was this supposed to be on a soundtrack of some like B movie or something? I don't know. Um, the I would say overall, um, well, I wouldn't give it the yeah. It flows. I'll say it feels cohesive. You know what I mean? It it, it works. What would you say? Yeah, I feel like overall it 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 flows pretty well. Um, okay. Just the cover is the one thing that is tiring. I just looked to see if it was on the vinyl version or if that was like added onto the Spotify version, but it is on the vinyl version. Yeah, so. I think it's part of it. Yeah, which yeah. is nuts. Um, quality of the songs, lyrics. Uh, <clears throat> are these songs memorable? How do they stand up against their contemporaries? I I have to be honest. Um, when if asked, does this record have tracks? I don't think it has tracks. Um, I actually think the lyrics are there's some high highs on the lyrics, but overall they don't they don't even totally line up with the songs. You know, like I think "Damned If I Do" is maybe their catchiest track, but the best lyrics are on "Unstable." Um, mm-hmm. I think the <clears throat> lyrics to "How It Would Be" are good, but I think the song is not good. Yeah. So uh, no, I it's it, I don't think this record has tracks. Fair. 
I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. When I think about it, I really like certain parts mm-hmm. and I like certain lyrics, but it's it's never all in the same place at the same time, really. Right. Um, which would make for a track. So, yeah. Timelessness. Does this strictly exist in a time and space or does its influence and impact spread much further? This is time and place, man. Time and place. River Runs Red <clears throat> extends further. And has a lot of impact um, in Interesting. the music world. Yeah, like like given your feedback on these rec- these songs and this record, uh, it's only fair for us to do that record. All right, um, we'll put presentation, it on the, list. the artwork. How does it look? I think the cover's ugly. Yeah, uh, ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> I will say it's it's also vaguely creepy, which I yeah. sort of appreciate and think works for it. Um, I mean, it looks like it could be the cover of like a VHS horror movie of the same era, really. That's right. That's right. So there's like a few things that that I would tweak and it would make me like it more. The main image is pretty good. I don't love the art. I would I I think it's kind of it is ugly, but it's like, does the content fit the form? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's pretty good. I like the cover of River Runs Red. I feel like they could have done like a similar theme and it would have been cool. I don't yeah, love the, I don't love the cover art of this to this one. No, no, no. Okay. Um thinking about that, going through all the factors, give this a star rating out of five. I'm gonna give it one star, Bob. Pete. I'm giving it half a star. <laughs> the half a star is out of respect to uh, the lyrical content, which I find pretty good, and to friends who are going to be so mad at me for for dissing Life of Agony, but it's all love, and I love that you love them. Yeah. Uh, will you be adding this to your personal co- collection? Um, I am not, Bob. I'm sorry. Um, I, I am also not. Yeah. I am also not. But... You know what, Pete? We gave it a go. We gave it a go. Um, it, may, it makes me feel less bad because I did come into this thing and like this was a listener request. And I was like, damn, Pete. <laughs> damn. But it was your choice. I, I appreciate it. I'm with it. Um, no, I like I believe, to keep you on your toes, you know? You really do, man. This is you really, <laughs> you hit me with one here. Um, <clears throat> this record, just so so people aren't like, man, you guys are really throwing this band. Um, this hit. Number 153 on Billboard Top 200 in 1995. That matters. Like, that's like a big deal. So, um, kudos to them. They don't need us to love it. What do we even know? Yeah. A lot of um, people like this band. We don't have to like them. It's it's okay. You, you don't know? have to like everything. That's the best part about everything. That's why music's fun. That's why we do this podcast. We're not we're not here to like everything. So Good Lord, thank God. <laughs> Pete, where can you follow us on social media? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TraxPod. And where can you send us emails? Please send us emails. Um, send them to TraxPod, TraxPod at gmail.com. Everybody, thank you so much. Um, uh, I hope you didn't find this episode to be too ugly. Goodbye. Don't you forget about me